What's up, Texas Football Today podcast listeners? This is your friend, Greg Tepper. Want to give you a quick intro and let you know what you're about to hear, which is a very special podcast uh, for National Signing Day. It's our National Signing Day special, starring Ashley Pickle and our recruiting analyst, Greg Powers. They break down the latest news and notes, the things you need to know across the state of Texas for National Signing Day, the biggest day in recruiting. So, hope you enjoy this, and we will see you tomorrow on Texas Football Today. Are back for a special programming. It will be the 2021 DCTF National Signing Day Central. It is National Signing Day, and of course, we couldn't have special programming without our very own Greg Powers of Next Level Athlete. Powers over there in the command center. A little bit different here sitting in in this chair. Not in the uh, power zone, memorial power zone right now, but uh, glad to be here. National Signing Day is one of the best days of the year, especially if you're a recruiting fan. And there's still some news pending out here in the state of Texas. Breaking news uh, just coming down the pipe here a few minutes ago. Parish Episcopal. Offensive lineman Austin Ook committed to Stanford over offers from Texas, US, USC, and others. So that's a huge commitment for the Hot 100 member going out to play his college football in Palo Alto. Uh, Texas, the Longhorns, signed defensive end David Abiara earlier yes. today. So that was a huge commitment for them Big out of Mansfield Legacy, a guy who uh, can hold the edge, has the power to uh, manipulate offensive linemen and control the run game, but it can also get after the quarterback. Uh, so a big get for Steve Sarkeesian mm-hmm. on the defensive side of the football. He also, quick side note, is taking over the Dave Campbell's Instagram page today. So oh, you can nice. go check him out and uh, see what signing day was like from his perspective after committing to UT. So that's pretty cool. We were just talking about that before going on the air. A lot, yeah. of, a lot of recruiting now going into the Instagram world, which is a new endeavor for me. I'm trying to learn how to navigate <laughs> through Instagram and follow all these guys as they're going live on Instagram so we can keep up with all of the latest breaking news. It was Twitter last year. This year it's Instagram. Yep. Always something new. But with that, of course, big news coming out all all across the nation today. Let's go ahead and start off. Uh, I'll ask you, looking at the nation overall, what are some of the top news to come out uh, today? Well, looking here specifically into Texas, uh, Alabama was able to sign five-star running back Kamar Wheaton, Mm -hmm. uh, the number one ranked running back in Texas and the number four prospect overall in our DCTF Hot 100. He committed shortly after the early signing period to Alabama over Oklahoma um, and really the second big-time running back in a row from the state of Texas to sign with the Crimson Tide following Jace McClellan. Uh, so this was a huge commit, a huge signing for Alabama and Wheaton, who I think is just brings a little bit of everything to the table. He's one of those guys that we could hear his name called on, in the NFL draft one day. Uh, there was a huge flip to start the mm-hmm. morning off. Uh, Ike Aquana from Garland Lakeview Centennial. He was a longtime Colorado commitment. Woke up, decided he was a Michigan Wolverine <laughs> this morning. Uh, he's going to be playing in the Big Ten now, so he flipped his commitment, and he's a giant, six foot four, mm-hmm. two hundred and seventy-five pound uh, defensive end. He's one of those guys who can move around and uh, play inside as well. He has a high motor, and that's one thing that I really like. And I know that Jim Harbaugh and his staff there have to be able, have to be happy with dipping into the Lone Star State. Uh, to get a player like that. Especially we, when they pass the eyeball test. Yeah. To pass the eyeball test like that and have some motor skills on them, that's a good get. Well, it was a busy day at Lakeview Centennial, as we yeah. can see with the signing <laughs> and then the flip of the commitment there. Uh, but not to be discounted, there's some 22 
2022 news in Texas. Mm -hmm. Bear Alexander, yeah. one of the top uh, defensive tackles in the entire country, may announced his commitment to Georgia. So he had a bunch of offers. So that's a huge commitment for Georgia in Texas as well. That you know he helped lead Denton Ryan to a state championship this year. It was part of that defense that has talent mm -hmm. up and down uh, the roster there. So that's a huge commitment for Georgia. They do dip into Texas sometimes, but not mm -hmm. quite as often as some of these other schools we talk about. Right. So maybe this is a step in the right direction there for Georgia to continue to stay in on some top guys. And I know they've offered Austin Jordan, a cornerback also on Denton Ryan's team that's a really talented player in the 2022 cycle. And you know, one guy I do want to talk about, and this one's really fun, um, DQ James from mm -hmm. Lancaster. He was committed to Hawaii for a really long time. Flipped his commitment to Wyoming this morning. He's a wow. ball of electricity. You know, he's only about five foot five, mm -hmm. but he's Speed. just one of those guys. So fun to watch. He was the uh, next level athlete running back MVP, mm -hmm. and he's one of those guys you can't cover in space. So, I mean, he'll no. do some different things uh, as he splits out wide. We, we call him slot backs. So, mm -hmm. he's a guy who will line up in the backfield. He'll do some different things there for uh, Wyoming. Good I commitment. enjoyed watching him, too, because it's a lot of times, sometimes when guys have that much speed, it's like they can't keep their feet underneath them. The agility that DQ has is, is really impressive. Yeah, definitely. And UTEP making some moves. Uh, I don't. I think they had like one commitment. They signed some guys uh, here down the home stretch and added some names to the list. I mean, that was a, a big step in the right direction for them. And UTSA got a commitment from DeAnthony Lewis, a running back from Converse Judson, to kind of round out their 21 class. And, and I think Jeff Trailer's first class there is pretty special. Absolutely. Now, obviously – there's a part of us that hates to see kids leave the great state of Texas, um, but very happy for all of them. But let's centralize this down into into our schools here, um, and we will start off with the Texas Longhorns. And I kind of want to ask you, we talked about on TFT how National Signing Day maybe doesn't have that same zing that it used to have because of all the early commitments. So from early signing day, which happened obviously during the state championships to now, when you look at Texas, what has shifted, what has changed, and obviously a lot has changed with that program. Well, they did pick up a commitment from Brian Rudder, defensive or sorry, wide receiver Keith Ron Lee. He's a guy mm -hmm. who's just outside the Hot 100, but a really special wide receiver prospect, a guy who on tape when you watch it he, what stands out to him is he's he has vertical ability and great leaping ability to high point the football he has the athleticism to make special plays and if you've been a fan of Alabama's offense at all the last few years last couple years under coach Sark you're going to see that he has a way to find the receiver in that offense and he's mm -hmm. one of those guys like a Jalen Waddle who can make plays up and down the field and of course they had the commitment from David Abiara today from Mansfield Legacy the signing it, he was down to I think basically two schools after decommitting from Notre Dame and that was Oklahoma and Texas so right. the fact that they were able to get him is a huge win in the Red River rivalry uh, <laughs> section of recruiting and to be honest Texas has opened a lot of eyes in 2022 mm -hmm. they landed a commitment this week from Jade on blue uh, one of the top running backs in the entire state in the entire country uh, mm -hmm. from Klein Kane uh, I think he draws some comparisons to Ezekiel Elliott who the running back coach at Texas coached at Ohio State Stan Drayton when he was there um, they've landed a commitment from Armani Winfield who ironically was down to Ohio State and Texas is probably his top two right. schools in the chase for him 
Um, and he's an elite wide receiver prospect in his own right. He committed during the national championship game, which was a pretty cool story in and of itself. At halftime, he decided, wow, I'm watching this offense, and I think <laughs> I, I can, like what they're doing. <laughs> I think I can see myself here, so let's go ahead and pull the trigger. This is where I want to play. I want to play for Coach Sark and his offense going forward. So a lot of moves are being made um, by that staff, but they still did continue to add um, – some guys down the home stretch here, especially with Lee and Abiara, and then starting to pick up key pieces in 2022 as well. Mm-hmm. And when you when you look, obviously, you know, any time that a new coach comes in and it's a first year, there's a bunch of transition. We talked about it a little bit earlier that Coach Sark seems like the type of person that's going to enjoy having that blank slate to start and try to plug in those pieces that he really needs to be successful. When you look at the 2021 class as a whole that Texas has, has gotten – who would you say just really stands out as someone that you can see being that next level athlete of the Texas program? Well, Jatavion Sanders is the guy. Mm-hmm. You know, we've had a lot of fun watching him. I mean, of course, you're going to see him right here on the yep. cover of the DCTF Rising so Magazine. <laughs> um, he's a freak athlete. He's played all over uh, the on both sides of the football at Denton Ryan, and he's a special special player, I think, at defensive end moving forward. Uh, you know, people have him rated anywhere from athlete to tight end to defensive end. I particularly like him on the defensive side of the football. And when I look back in retrospect to what the Texas Longhorns signed in the early signing period and then closed with now – um, today, that defensive front, I think, is what mm-hmm. is going to be special about this class because it's headlined by Sanders, a five-star, an easy-call five-star guy. Right. Uh, he's going to draw comparisons to Miles Garrett, so he's that type of dude. And then you're going to sprinkle in a Byron Murphy from DeSoto, who I've actually compared a little bit to Ed Oliver. Okay. He's not nearly rated as high as Ed Oliver, but he brings a lot of the same qualities to the table as Ed Oliver. Uh, really quick off the football, he's a lot to handle mm-hmm. for offensive linemen, and he plays with a big motor. And Jordan Thomas is a guy uh, who goes a little bit underneath the radar sometimes because he missed his entire junior season due to an injury, so he was a little bit uh, – behind the ball as a as we were to say uh, behind the eight ball a little bit in his development but at six foot three 240 pounds mm-hmm. he's a strong side defensive end who can uh, be a versatile weapon up front so I think you you've got four defensive linemen in that class who are all four stars and above or at that four star level who can really play and they signed the Mr. Texas football player of the year yeah. and four star running back Jonathan Brooks who's going to be a great compliment to Bijan Robinson in that mm-hmm. offense so I think that's the things that kind of stand out to me when discussing the Texas Longhorns 2021 class. Absolutely now moving on to a, another Big 12 school here same same question to start off with with Baylor. When you look back in between national signing or early signings and then now on national signing, what has changed? How much has it shifted? Obviously, not the most encouraging season to start off with for Dave Aranda and running the Bears program. But what have they been able to do so far? Well, first thing that I want to point out when you're looking at this is, isn't always about what happens on on the recruiting list, right? The commit mm-hmm. list. We're not always looking at that when we're looking at what's going to take place as these schools move forward in recruiting the next cycle and et cetera. They added back in James Blanchard Mm -hmm. to the recruiting personnel department. He's a guy who's very energetic, uh, really knows Texas high school football well. And when you pair a guy like that up, a young up-and-coming recruiting guy with a Joey McGuire who's well-known 
uh, to all the Texas the high people's school. champ. Yeah, the people's <laughs> champ here in Texas. All, all the coaches recognize him. I think that gives Coach Aranda a, a good one-two punch mm-hmm. in the, on the recruiting side of things. And, and I really like their energy that they've now – had in the last couple weeks extending offers into the class of 2022 uh, doing some great early evaluation work and and making offers to guys who can play in the big 12 but I know you're going to ask me about their 2021 class next so I'll let I'll cue you up and we'll talk (laughs) about some of those guys so I can tell you what I like but I like the energy that they're bringing to the table underneath of coach Blanchard right now and then of course uh, always there is Joey McGuire and now we go to Greg Powers for your <laughs> thoughts on, yeah, this, this 2021 class, especially, you know, he, he's got the one year under his belt. Like you said, he's got those ties, especially with Joey McGuire and everything into that Texas high school football range. What do you see in this class in his first real class he gets to bring in? Well, before we talk about specific players, right, I want to say that I thought that they did an excellent job of evaluating up and down the line. Mm-hmm. Um, they have some guys who stand out at the top of the list, like Tate Williams, um, who could be the best offensive line in this class by the time the dust settles because he has such a high upside playing for a small school uh, and just has freakish intangibles. Um, you know, he's a DCTF four-star. Um yeah has his picture in front of the tractor, which I love. So he's a little <laughs> bit country, a little bit rock and roll. Um, so he has – and they got Jordan Jenkins from Lindell, another four-star a guy who's really special. Very underrated in my mind. Yeah, a guy who had one of my favorite comments of the whole year when he told you at the Next Level Athlete Camp that he sometimes got in trouble for running two contact two, yep. <laughs> instead of away from it. So yeah. I love those type of runners, you know, who like to dish out punishment. You mm-hmm. know, and he's a guy who – you. You can get a lot of carries to but beyond that I mean uh, there are all the guys on this list are guys who can play Devin Lemire from Maynard safety that I really like Javon Gibson from George Ranch mm-hmm. he's a wide receiver who I think goes very much under the radar and when you pair him at six foot three 190 pounds with Elijah Bean at six foot five 185 pounds you see a great one-two punch on the outside moving forward there in that Baylor offense that could be quite special and the first commitment in this class was Tyrone Brown and he committed uh, all the way back when Matt Rule was still mm-hmm. the coach. And he stuck by that commitment the entire time. And I think he's one of these guys in this class who just doesn't get talked about enough right? because he committed so early. And I evaluated his senior tape, and he played so much better as a senior even than he did as a junior. And you mm-hmm. love seeing that progression. And no one really talks about him because he did make that early commitment. But there are a lot of guys on that list like him who can really play, and I think in the national scope of things, this Baylor class may be one that's remembered for its depth, not necessarily its top-end talent. Right, and I feel like this might be telling as to how Aranda's trying to run this program specifically. Obviously, we know he's a big defensive guy. He likes guys that are big, will go out there and hit, and like you said with the Jordan Jenkins comment, he was like, yeah, I used to get in trouble because I searched for contact. So it makes me wonder if we're about to see a little bit of a shift in in the Baylor Bear program of guys who just want to go out there and get physical. In that vein, he's got one of those guys and didn't (laughs) guyer defensive end Cooper Lands. Mm -hmm. This guy is just mean. That's what, I mean, like if you watch him play live, that's what jumps out. He's a mean defensive lineman. And to be honest, uh, 
Kyron Drones from Shadow Creek. He's a guy who plays with a little bit of a chip on his shoulder at quarterback, too. I don't want to describe him as mean. He's always been so nice right. whenever we've interviewed him or talked to him. But on the field and how he handles himself, he has a chip. You don't you know, want to mess you, with them. Yeah, you <laughs> see these type of guys in this class, and, and you hit that nail on the head. Those are the type of guys that you want on your sidelines uh, when your back is against mm -hmm. the wall in a tight game. And then we go from a program that has a brand-new coach to one that has been there for quite some <laughs> time. And obviously, we see this trend all the time with TCU of an up year, a down year, an up year, a down year. When you, when you go to look at this 2021 class in Gary Patterson, we know how good of a recruiter he is as a whole. But what do you see that you enjoy so far from the commits that have, that have signed with the Horn Frogs? Well, the first thing that we have to talk about is just that it's a small class, right? Mm -hmm. It's only got – they have 13 players who signed a letter of intent. They didn't add anyone from the early signing period until now. Um, so there hasn't been much that's changed from December now until February with mm -hmm. what they've done on the recruiting trail. Uh, but they've done a good job with that 13 players, of, of especially to me on the defensive side of the football, bringing in guys who can play. And, and I look at Landon Watson – and Chris Murray as the defensive ends, and mm -hmm. they're like basically the top two highest-rated guys in this class. Landon Watson is a four-star. Uh, Chris Murray is just outside of that; could very easily be a four-star. They have a lot of the same, bring a lot of the same qualities to the table. I like Murray as a little bit more of a pass rusher, yes. and I like Landon Watson as that guy who's just a sure tackler. They're both guys who could be in that outside linebacker, defensive end hybrid type of role. Mm -hmm. um, and Landon Watson is one of those guys when he hits you you can feel it like you can feel it right. on your screen you know like you can watch this highlight and you're like oh that would hurt kids. he's hurting <laughs> kids uh, and don't forget he was committed to LSU fresh off of their national championship so he was a guy who was highly recruited by a lot of top tier programs and TCU did a good job to stay involved in that recruitment and sign him and another guy to to keep an eye on in, from in state is Jasper Lott, mm -hmm. uh, six foot five, two hundred and fifty pound tight end. I think he could balk up and play offensive tackle as well yes. if tight end doesn't work out. His dad is the strength and conditioning coach, I believe, for the San Diego Chargers. Mm -hmm. So they understand all about what it takes off the field to be successful on the field. And I really like uh, that pickup as well. Not in recruiting necessarily, mm -hmm. but I. Gotta say the transfer of Chandler Morris is something that we should probably big touch time. on. That's a big time mm -hmm. uh, move for TCU. He's a guy who's going to add great depth to the quarterback room. He's very smart. He's a winner mm -hmm. um, and a whole lot of fun to watch. He was a DCTF four-star when he signed with the Oklahoma Sooners, and to get him on the roster I think is a big add also for Gary Patterson. And a, a native around here, and you talked about, you know, obviously Chandler Morris. We've got Highland Park. You've got Jasper Lott at Argyle. I feel like what TCU does so well is reaching out to these kids and getting this DFW talent that might go a little bit underrated if you're looking at an A&M or an Austin because they're looking at the broader scope. But Gary does a real good job of getting those DFW kids, in my mind, that are just a little underrated. We're starting a new thing here, Pickle. I love the questions that you're bringing to me, too, because <laughs> these are things that really need to be talked about, right? Mm -hmm. What TCU and Gary Patterson have always done well is they evaluate for their system. They don't care if Alabama or right. LSU or Oklahoma have offered you necessarily. Mm -hmm. They go out and find guys 
and you look at a guy who's projected into the first round of the draft this year and Trev Trevon Morig Woodard mm-hmm. um that's a mouthful but <laughs> they go out and recruit those types of guys right and turn them into NFL players and they do it class in and class out and, and there's a couple of guys in this class who I think that fit that mold that you should probably keep an eye on if you're mm-hmm. a TCU fan and that's TJ Steele from Lubbock Estacado a wide receiver who was at one time committed to North Texas who's a tremendous tremendous talent mm-hmm. and Javion Gibson uh linebacker from Langham Creek outside linebacker who was a longtime Washington State commit um, committed to Washington State basically because that was his best offer and he never even visited there right and then when TCU came calling after evaluating his senior tape and that's a key thing too I think if Gary Patterson likes your senior tape I think you got a pretty good shot at being successful not only in college but one of those guys we should keep an eye on to develop into an all-conference caliber type of player absolutely and if anyone can do it it's going to be Gary but we will go ahead and round out our uh, final big 12 school here and this one This one feels like a big class that Matt Wells needs to get because you look at the state of that program and you're going, okay, is he on the hot seat yet? Is he not? How does this work? And so when you look at first off, have there been any big changes from that early signing day to, to today? They picked up a commitment from Amari Jones, uh, under the radar cornerback from the Lubbock area. Um, Let me see exactly what high school he played at. You see, that's how Lubbock Coronado. Mm -hmm. So he was a little bit under the radar, six foot two, 170 pounds. He's a guy who isn't afraid of contact up front, likes to close the distance um, very quickly, and can be physical. Maybe he grows into a safety, uh, but most of their work was done in the early signing period when talking about this class. And the one guy who you have to talk about when you're talking about Texas Tech recruiting is Eastland quarterback Baron Morton. Mm -hmm. He decommitted just hours, days before the early signing period, and they were able to rally him back Mm -hmm. and get him to sign in that period, and that was huge uh, because he really has everything that you're looking for in a great quarterback prospect, 6'2", 6'3", 190 pounds. He has a cannon for an arm. He makes quick decisions with the football, Mm -hmm. and he's another one of these guys who really grew uh, on tape as a senior you saw a progression with him. You know, he was always a good quarterback, great quarterback. Mm-hmm. Um, but what I loved about his senior tape is the improvis- improvisational qualities to his game that he added, which comes with confidence and swagger and belief in your abilities. Mm-hmm. He was able to work well outside of the pocket, take chances with the football, which were good chances for him to take because he has the skill set. Right. You know, so that was a huge um, pickup for the Red Raiders and joining him. Jerron Bradley from DeSoto, who helped John Paul to go to the state championship game as a junior, mm-hmm. transferred to the 6A powerhouse and didn't miss a beat. Six foot five, 200 pound phenom. He's huge. <laughs> I mean, he passes the eyeball test and he has a lot of the skills. He's the one guy. I mean, there are guys that are even rated, you know, in that. 51 to 75 range in the state of Texas that are all three stars. We only give 54 mm-hmm. stars away in every class. He's that one guy who haunts me 
that I he's get, not on. <laughs> yeah, he haunts me because I feel like he's going to be such a freak, and I'm going to look back, and maybe we can clip this show out at some time and say, "Oh yeah, we can do receipts." Greg, why <laughs> did you not rate Jerron Bradley as a four star? He's the one that haunts me, and for whatever reason, he's the guy who I have nightmares about overnight that I misrank. So, so you heard that? If you want to prove Greg Bowers wrong, go out there and do your thing at Tech. <laughs> there you go. But I feel like when you look at the Tech program. It's been year after year that there's just, if they just had this, if there's one piece missing, maybe then it all starts to come together. When you look at the 2021 class and you look at last year's season, of course, Alan Bowman not being able to stay healthy has hurt Tech year in and year out. But do you feel like they looked at what they needed and were able to fill those holes? Uh, You know, I do. And one thing that you want to see whenever you're, in recruiting is that you've added depth at certain positions. I think Texas Tech did a great job on the offensive front, reloading with uh, Jacoby Jackson and Jack Tucker, both Mm -hmm. DFW area prospects who I think have a high upside. Uh, Jacoby Jackson already has the size you're looking for, and Tucker's one of these guys at like six foot six. 250 pounds can play anywhere on the offensive front he even told me he's working on center snapping a little bit so that's the type of skill set that he brings to the table I think when we we talk about Texas Tech especially in the most recent years we talk about the defensive side of the football that they're always looking for pieces on the defensive side of the football and how they can add them into a, a prolific offense to help them secure W's. Mm-hmm. And that seems to have always been the missing link in Lubbock. They've had some good defensive players individually, but they don't seem to always have a great defensive unit. Right. And they, they've looked to the transfer portal for that. And that's something that's changed in today's college football. If they can get the right mix of – the transfer portal, and the high school athletes on the defensive side of the ball. I think we know that Texas Tech will score points. They just need to be able to stop people from scoring points on them. Absolutely. Could not agree more. All right, so that kind of wraps up our Big 12 outlook there. But let's head down. Um, We will get to A&M. We are still waiting on LJ Johnson, correct, to to say – no decision yet from LJ Johnson. We're waiting patiently for that one. That's the big one of the day. So we'll see if it happens. We'll see if it happens before you know we go off the air. But this was the same kind of problem that A and M had in the early signing period. Mm-hmm. We were waiting to do some of the live stuff on them, and we were we were waiting on Bryce Foster and Tunmiche Adelaide, yep. and they got both of them. So maybe this is good news. If you're an Aggie fan, listen to yeah. this. Maybe this the is, longer it takes, the usually longer. the better. You yep. know, the better news you're going to hear. So we're we're going to hold off on A and M here for for just a little bit, but we'll dive in to a little bit of Group of Five schools if you want to here, um, Houston. So this. I mean, we have talked about it over and over. You look at the past two years that Dana's been there, and maybe two of the oddest seasons we've we've ever seen, especially when it comes to bringing in recruits and guys entering the transfer portal. You go back to 2019, and was it a tanking, you know? Right. Um, when there's always a lot of change going on in Houston. When you look from the early signing period to now, has there been any super big astonishing changes? I think there has. Mm-hmm. I mean, and this was to a no pro- surprise. Yeah, this, <laughs> this is a program that we we talked about. You asked me in the early signing period, is there a program you're disappointed in? Mm-hmm. 
um, what, with what they've done. And I thought there, there was an easy answer with yeah. Houston. I mean, they definitely signed Maddox Cop, who's a great quarterback, and we have to give them credit for that. But they just didn't have the numbers that you like to see. And mm-hmm. that may be, again, due to the fact that they're really trying to attack the transfer portal and get guys who can come in and make an immediate difference. But since then, they've done really well. Mm-hmm. And the headliner of that group that they've now signed is Conroe Oak Ridge running back Alton McCaskill, who had an offer from Alabama and Oklahoma State and had a lot of top schools really barking up his tree to try to get them to sign with them. And, and he's going to stay home and play for Houston, six foot one, 200 pounder, who has the speed to hit the home run and the size to uh, keep plays in the chains moving. I love this commitment mm-hmm. from him. He's, he's got great feet. Um, so Dana Holgerson had a huge commitment from him. They switched or flipped Garfield Lawrence from Tyler Legacy. He was a Kansas commit, flipped his commitment to Houston and signed with the Cougars this morning. That was a huge pickup for them on the defensive side of the football. That was a guy they needed. Mm -hmm. You know, when you look at the defensive line group in this class, there just wasn't anyone there that you want to talk about until this guy came on board. Um, And a lot of people feel like there were schools that were missing on Lawrence. They – the people who watched him play in person, mm-hmm. the people who know that program well, coaches there, they feel like he's a guy who could play anywhere, and maybe he's one of these guys who's at be ends up being one of the absolute steals of this class. Those two names jump out to me, but they've added some other guys as well, like Carlton Gidry from Shadow Creek, a great wide receiver who's played at a championship for a championship team, mm-hmm. um, and some other guys on that list as well. But keep an eye on them in the – in the recruiting portal, as a matter of fact, or the transfer portal, as a matter of fact, I count here they have four guys who are coming in who, wow. are, who are transferring from P5 schools into Houston. Um, a defensive tackle, Latrell Bankston, who's coming from Ohio, Iowa State. Oh, a weak side defensive end, Trey Williams, who's coming from Missouri, and two coming from Texas Tech, uh, and Alex Hogan and Kashawn Carter. So those are some names to keep an eye on if you're a Houston fan who could come in and make an immediate impact. Mm-hmm. Obviously, in a in a bigger group of five school like this, it's it's pretty reasonable that you see those transfer guys coming in pretty frequently from the power five things. But going back to the to the two, obviously Lawrence, he he was going to Kansas and flipped. Like you said, major flip there. Do you think that if if those two start working out in that sort of way, that this is something that you're maybe going to see Dana hit the jackpot on of, of people going, well, I could go play at a Big 12 school. I could go play at an SEC school. But why not stay home in the state of Texas and get to go make a massive difference at Houston rather than be a backup for three years at Alabama? If you want my true opinion on it, Houston has to win those battles. Mm-hmm. If it's Houston versus Kansas, that's one that Houston has to win. Mm-hmm. If it's Houston versus Kansas State, they need to win a majority of those battles if they want to be the type of team on the field that they want, you know, they need to be, they want to be. Mm-hmm. Um, those are battles that they should be competing for. If you're running a team, if you're the recruiting coordinator or if you're the head coach, you don't want guys that other people don't want. Mm-hmm. You want the guys they do want. Do want. Mm-hmm. That's what makes you successful. So they have to hit on a certain percentage of those guys. That's why it's big for them to get a commitment from Maddox Cop, who was an Elite 11 quarterback, had other opportunities, and other people desired him, right? That, those are the type of guys you need uh, to see jump on board, and they need to do more of that. They have such a fertile recruiting 
hotbed mm -hmm. in the Houston area. And I would like to see it worked a little bit more fervently there at Houston. And we'll see. I mean, maybe they're in a, in a spot they feel like staff-wise – we can't take as many high school kids because we have to have immediate impacts. Right. And you have to respect that, right? Mm -hmm. Like you can't judge them too harshly if that's their the decision that they've made as a staff. But moving forward, you have to land guys from – the good players from Houston have to stay in Houston. Right. Absolutely. And I would rather live in Houston than Lawrence, Kansas, but to each their own. <laughs> Breaking news. Oh, we got it? Texas A&M has landed a commitment from DCTF top 10 running back LJ Johnson from Cy Fair. So another huge pickup for uh, Jimbo Fisher and the Aggies. Perfect. Well, there we go. We'll just go ahead and transition right on. Since, since that news is coming down, probably the biggest news that we heard today, or at least up in that top tier. When you look at A&M, go ahead, spend some time talking about LJ Johnson, and then we'll get into A&M as a whole. Well, LJ Johnson's a tremendous football player. Um, one thing I think goes a little bit discounted, which we were able to evaluate in 7-on-7 seven seven action, is his ability to catch the football out mm -hmm. of the backfield. He has great uh, explosion to the hole, no wasted steps. He gets in and gets his yardage quickly, and he loves to work in the middle of the field but has the speed when he gets to the edge that he can take it all the way. But he, he'll gash you right up the middle. He's not one of these guys who you're going to see make a lot of dance moves behind the line of scrimmage and get tackled for losses because he hits it. He hits the hole hard. Um, and I think that the Aggies are really going to appreciate that quality mm -hmm. about his game because that's, you know, if you're a college football th fan, one of the most frustrating things is seeing your running back pitter-patter behind the line of scrimmage <laughs> yep. when you feel like your offensive line is doing its work and he's just not hitting the hole where it's supposed to be. Uh, LJ Johnson is not one of those guys. And uh, another one of the great running backs in the state of Texas this year, it was really tough. Kamar Wheaton and LJ Johnson are mm -hmm. both bona fide top 10 guys, but to pick between those two for the number one running back spot was extremely Oh, difficult. your job is hard. I don't it's envy a, that at all. <laughs> it's extremely difficult. <laughs> your job is not easy. <laughs> and, you know, there are some services out there who have Johnson rated as the top running back in the state, and mm -hmm. I wouldn't argue against it. No. You know, it, he's, a, he's a legit, bona fide, huge pickup for them. Um, they didn't do a lot of work in state since the early signing period ended, but they did add – a couple of defensive players who were rated as Rivals.com four-stars. Uh, in defensive end, Elijah Judy from Philadelphia. And from Louisiana, Jordan Gilbert, a six foot two, 175-pound defensive back. So mm -hmm. they were able to pick up a couple of huge out-of-state commitments. And I know that Gilbert's from Louisiana, so if I butchered your first name, man, I'm sorry. <laughs> Maybe it's Jardine. But... <laughs> Uh, not a guy I'm super familiar with, but I do, do know that Rivals has them rated very highly. So three four-star commitments since the end of December to add into what is just a tremendous, tremendous class for Jimbo Fisher and Texas A&M. And that, that leads me, and I want to get your honest opinion on this, because we're talking about the SEC right here. All respect to the Big 12, but this is the powerhouse of football currently in college football. And you see it, and I feel like you really saw it, that Okay, LSU goes on and they won a national championship. Every good recruit wants to go to LSU. Well, now they have one off year. People are pulling out left and right. This is the time that A&M is right there on the cusp to where if they have one more good season, they have to start striking in this 21, 22, and probably 23 class while the iron is hot. Correct? This is, this is their moment. I, Jimbo Fisher always does a great job recruiting. Mm -hmm. I mean, he's always been a strong closer. 
Um, we talked a little bit about that in the early signing period when he was able to get Bryce Foster and Shamar Turner and Tunmiche Adelaide down the home stretch. You know, these were all huge commitments leading up to the, in the last week of the early signing period that they were able to land. And now they have a, you know, an, a national top five finish, mm -hmm. right? Where they're one of the top premier teams with a case to say we should have been in the college football playoff. Mm -hmm. That gives you a little bit of steam, yeah. you know, on the recruiting trail. And this year's recruiting was different. They don't, you don't have the opportunity to go into the people's homes and host them on campus and mm -hmm. roll out all the bells and whistles to try get to get some good old barbecue down yeah, there <laughs> to roll out all the bells and whistles to get people to commit, right? Mm -hmm. Like you have to convince them from what you've done on the field. And I think a lot of recruits really look at that, and that's why I feel A&M's always hot. They're always oh, going to yeah. have a great signing class. You're not going to look at A&M and their team and say, well, these guys, they don't have talent. Yeah, exactly. They can't compete. They're going to sign guys. Mm -hmm. But I think the difference what you want to look at from taking your team to being good to great is signing elite recruits mm -hmm. who are successful yep. when they get to college mm -hmm. and have the – edge that makes them special that's what Clemson Ohio State and Alabama consistently do they land elite talents but those guys that they're landing by and large mm -hmm. don't flake out nope they don't miss on these guys they hit on their top tier guys and that's what A&M has to do to compete and win a national championship is to land guys like that and they've done a pretty good job I think in this class because I'm going to start with five-star Bryce Foster, nicknamed the Mountain. <laughs> You're uh, our Mountain Powers. Yeah, you know, <laughs> a guy who is a junior Olympic champion and yeah. wants to compete in the Olympics um, in he's shot put and discus throw. He's a giant human. Oh, like. man, he's so powerful, too. His highlight tape is so fun to watch. Like, mm -hmm. guys literally go flying. I was going to say, it looks like the Hulk, like, just pushing doors open. Like, the, <laughs> the entire – it's parting the Red Sea right there. It's insane. I think if you made, like, a, a meme or a gif with, like, Bryce Foster turned into the Hulk, people would buy, buy it. it. Right? Yeah, no, 100%. <laughs> um, you know – Tunmiche is a guy who didn't play his senior year at Katie Tompkins. He transferred mm -hmm. to IMG Academy, transferred back, decided to bypass playing uh, in 2020. But if and before he transferred, he was in the talks to be the number one overall prospect in the state. Mm -hmm. He was number two before we deleted his profile when he transferred out of state <laughs> from DCTF. You know, And then we had nothing to go off of. He slid down to number eight. Mm -hmm. um, when we, you know, when we re-put him into the rankings because he did graduate from Katie Tompkins, now enrolled at Texas A&M. Um, so he's a guy who has that elite talent. And to give him a line mate like Shamar Turner, who played outside linebacker before he balked up to 270 pounds, who is just an athletic specimen in and of himself, um, I think that they've got the guys up front. Deuce Fothery, six yeah. foot eight. 270 pound he's a who's a great basketball player who mm -hmm. could be a true island left tackle as oh, he yeah. develops so I mean you're looking here at a lot of key pieces you know a lot of key pieces up front for Texas A&M I love what they did up front and up and down this list all these guys are dudes you know I love Deuce Harmon mm -hmm. you know he's the number 23 player in the, in the rankings but he's so fun to watch. Mm -hmm. You know, he's a corner who really gets it. He can play safety. He hits like a safety. He covers like a corner. And then our highest riser, Remington Strickland, may be the most 
he might be more physically impressive yeah. if you, than Bryce Foster. When you see him, he has arms like they're all jacked up. He's got the 24-inch pythons <laughs> like Hulk Hogan. And then Eli Stowers is a name I just got to throw it out there. Eli Eli Stowers signed with Texas A&M. Yes. He's, a really, he's a really good quarterback for yeah. Denton Geyer. If you, <laughs> if you haven't know, heard of him. If you haven't heard of him, Eli Stowers, he can play a little football. So, yes, in the latest of which adding LJ Johnson again just now signed to that 2021 Aggie recruiting class. But, Powers, before I let you go, let's go right back real fast. One more group of five school that we need to talk about here. And another one that is kind of going off that Houston uh, same vibe, really, really heavy, obviously, in the transfer portal. Sonny Dykes and his SMU Mustangs. Obviously, we're talking about signing, not necessarily the transfer portal here, but what have you seen out of this 21 class for for the Mustangs? SMU's class is better than many Power 5 classes mm-hmm. that's pretty much all you got to say they landed Preston Stone uh he was going to be he's an all-american quarterback committed to them during the all-american game last year when you know pre-covid um when we still had those games going on yeah which was nice but uh up and up and down the list I mean all these guys are offered by power five schools pretty much on their commit list and I'll, I, we all have things to do. It's National Sign Day. We've got other meetings coming up and stuff like that. So I'm just going to give you the rundown really quickly. SMU of the group of five schools in Texas has an elite class. Mm-hmm. There's no doubt about it. What they've been able to do on the high school trail matches what they've been able to do in the transfer portal. As a matter of fact, I look into their transfer portal right now, and I think that they've done such a good job that they're going to be a team – that could potentially go undefeated next year. I'd like to look at that schedule again, but yeah. they, I don't see a whole lot of L's. No. Based on what they have coming in talent-wise. Not any glaring ones, at If least. it gels. If Tanner Mordecai, Mordecai can come in, gel with the offense, and they can keep clicking on all cylinders, uh, I think they're going to be really, really good. And behind SMU, I have UTSA. I love what Jeff Tra- Trailer did. Um, his first year as the head coach there. He really has an eye for Texas high school football talent. Uh, coaches love him. Mm-hmm. Players love him. Players love to play for him. And that's easy to see. They they snuck in a commitment from Converse Judson running back DeAnthony De- Lewis to add to mammoth offensive lineman Cameron Scott, quarterback Eddie Lee Marburger. Let ELM cook. There you go. Uh, Ronnie Garza, a great offensive lineman in this class as well. And they sprinkled in a little bit of OU transfer Ron Tatum, who Mm -hmm. was an All-American in his own right on the defensive front. If they can find a quarterback in the transfer portal, I think that's imperative. They need to find a quarterback. Mm -hmm. If they can – I think UTSA's Jeff Trailer could potentially name his destination next year and when coaching talk comes around. I know UTSA fans probably hate to hear that because <laughs> but he's an up-and-comer. But if they can find a quarterback to put into this mm-hmm. group, then Jeff Trailer is going to be an elite name, I think, whenever coach when jobs open up this time next year or a little bit earlier than this. Absolutely. Let ELM cook. I'm going to say it one more time because <laughs> that's our most special RGV boy this year. But that'll do it. Our special programming, DCTF National Signing Day Central. We will be cutting all of these and putting them up on YouTube. So if you came in late and missed any of them, we will have them for you there. We've also got um, another article out and some more stuff on TexasFootball.com, correct? Yeah, National Signing Day Central. We're tracking all of the major recruiting news you can go back through that for a quick read and like uh ashley said we're going to have each one of these broken down by team and available for y'all tonight if you want to hear some more about your top 
or your favorite program, but that that's a wrap. All the Hot 100 guys are now committed. LJ mm-hmm. Johnson was the final one, so all the DCTF Hot 100 guys are committed and going on to play college football. So congratulations to everyone that signed today. Make sure to celebrate, wear a mask, and Powers, really appreciate your time. Uh, enjoy the, I guess, a little bit of a break can you say after this day nah. i know recruiting never stops never. but maybe a deep breath <laughs> keep your eyes on the site next week we're ready to drop some 22 rankings on y'all <laughs>